Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Happy, happy Friday. Tis the morning before Christmas. Stocks advanced on Friday on optimism that the world economy will shrug off the outbreak of the Omicron virus strain and keep expanding. Shares climbed in Japan, South Korea and Australia. The S&P 500 hit a record on Thursday with nearly all key sectors in the green. Volumes have thinned and many markets are closed, understandably, or operating with reduced hours on Christmas Eve. Economic data painted a picture of solid U.S. U.S. growth, consumer sentiment improved, new home sales increased, durable goods orders beat forecasts and jobless claims signal further labour markets healing. More on that in just a bit. Some global economies are feeling bullish despite the Omicron variant wreaking havoc. Thai GDP growth of 4% is still possible next year despite Omicron, says its financial minister. Indonesia, meanwhile, sees its commodities driving 2021 exports to a record $230 billion. US dollars. Elsewhere, Italy business morale has slipped in December, but consumers are still upbeat. And Spain has revised its GDP growth sharply higher. Let's take a look at the US markets for a recap. The Dow Jones Industrial Average added 0.55%. The S&P 500 rose 0.62% and closed at a record. The Nasdaq Composite gained 0.85%. And for more on the markets this morning, this fine, fine Christmas Eve morning is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Happy Friday, Andrea. And Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Are you ready to end this week? I am, and thanks to your fantastic Hing Sweet Cake <laughs> confectionery that you've um, gifted me on this fine morning. Yes, it is uh, a way to ruin your diet. <laughs> Thank you and you're welcome. Uh, let's take a look at some headlines that are ruling stories this week. The US data dump, of course, is big on the agenda. Uh, we've just seen one for the final one for the year. Uh, headlining that, US new home sales, it's climbed to a seven-month high in November, boosted by an acute shortage of previous owned homes on the market, but soaring house prices are an obstacle for first-time buyers. Uh, the numbers, new home sales increased by 12.4% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 744,000 units last month. This is the highest level since April. Is this a rush to buy in order to beat inflation while they still can, Ryan? That could be one reason. So you've got home prices continuing to push up higher. So partly pushed up by inflation and also the rush for houses. And this is after a long stretch where you've got people staying at home, cooped up. And maybe there is a factor here where you've got more Americans trying to find larger homes because they just want more space after being cooped up work from home, stay at home, and Mm. that could be one factor for the trend. And the other factor that could also be worth watching is the rising interest rate environment. We've heard from the Fed outlining possible rate hikes next year. Mm -hmm. And if you are watching out for mortgage rates or the type of rates you can get from a bank, that will likely increase. And what better... Um, way to get around it than to lock it in right now as soon as you can. So this could also be fueling that rush to lock in bank loans before they go up any higher. So we've got a couple of reasons maybe fueling this uh, year-end 
rush for bigger houses. It's like Christmas shopping, but of a different kind. Mm. Very big ticket item there. Um, also still staying in the US uh, data dump, the number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits held below pre-pandemic levels last week. Uh, and while consuming in, uh, spending increased solidly, putting the US economy on track for a strong finish to 2021, initial claims for state unemployment benefits were unchanged at a seasonally adjusted 205 thousand for the week ended December 18th and early this month we saw those claims drop to a level last seen in 1969 but here's the thing Ryan if we take a look at the seasonal patterns these applications for jobless claims typically increase in the winter months excuse me so what's different this time yeah, so that's typically the case, right, where you have um, increases during the year-end stretch. But mm. now what's different is you have the COVID-19 impact where it has resulted in a acute shortage of workers disrupting that seasonal pattern where um, the bounce back in many parts of the economy, some activities just recovering much faster than expected, resulting in a shortage of workers that crunch in labour. So that is kind of distorting the usual pattern you've been uh, expecting during the year end when you would actually see um, applications going by historical patterns go up. So that's something to keep in mind that maybe... Um, it's a bit of a blip when it comes to the read right now. Mm, but at the same time, there's the threat of Omicron. Well, not really a threat. It's already here and it's threatening the economy. And coupled with inflation and interest rates, is all going to have an impact on the US economy. Will this jobless claims picture change next year? Okay, so that's worth watching out for in terms of a couple of um, ripple effects. If inflation continues to pick up, you could see a bit of a dent on consumer spending when people might start to hold back on uh, splashing out on things like dining out or shopping. And that could have an impact in turn on business sentiment where you could see some um, businesses starting to change their minds about hiring as much as they were, were hoping to do. Mm. And you now also have... Um, the numbers coming in at around 200,000, that is already near pre-pandemic lows. Mm -hmm. So that is um, something to watch out for because that number has been unchanged from the prior week. So it does show that maybe we are looking at a bit of uh, stability when it comes to the uh, numbers coming through right now. So a bit of a strong finish for 2021 for the US jobs picture. A bit sigh of relief for the Biden administration as well. Let's move to the second biggest economy in the world, that's China, where a new crackdown is taking place. This time, online platforms is the latest victim. China will scrutinize online platforms like social media networks and video sharing sites to clamp down on fake accounts and information as part of its drive to quote-unquote clean up the internet. The Cyberspace Administration of China said it would launch a two-month special operation to target deceptive online behaviours, ranging from boosting engagement figures to paying for fake fans and reviews. We saw this coming, and it's, it, this is quite a phenomenon, not just in China, but everywhere in the world, including in Singapore as well. Tell us what's happening in China. What's considered unlawful content specifically? Yeah, it's pretty much um, on the cards when it comes to the clampdown. So here, they appear to be looking more closely at the online traffic that may be fabricated. So that kind of causes a bit of distortion to advertising spend. And you also have 
public relations in focus, particularly malicious PR. So mm. this may be where you, as a business, may be just getting or hiring trolls to put down other competitors with comments on their reviews, food reviews, mm. or social media, just spamming the internet with negative comments to bring down your competitors. So that, in a way, is kind of unfair in in the eyes of the uh, regulator. So that's um, a couple of factors or areas they are trying to clean up. And what's worth noting as well is the statement says, this is the final battle in their efforts to clean up the internet. So Uh maybe we might not get any further clamp down after this is done? Uh, maybe it's that one last end of the year bang that they're and they're, they're, that they're performing over there. Uh, let's come closer to home uh, and talk about inflation in Singapore. Um, obviously, we saw that higher than expected headline inflation last month. Both uh, and since then, both economists and the authorities have raised their 2021 forecasts, but the 2022 outlook has not changed significantly. Here's some details for you, Singapore. Singapore's consumer price index showed that the 3.8% figure exceeded economists' expectations of 3.4% and beat October's previous high of 3.2%. The MES and MTI, that's the Ministry of Trade and Industry, raised their full-year estimates, though official forecasts for 2022 did not budge. Economists continue to see a chance that the MES will further tighten policy settings at its next meeting in April. So, Ryan, crunch the numbers for us. What are we looking at? Yeah, it's a mix of bad news and good news contributing to this uh, rise in inflation. So the good news is there is greater domestic demand for goods and services as the economy recovers. So, hey, uh, that's great. So, The flip side is prices are going up because of the rising import costs Mm. where we maybe need raw materials from other parts of the world. And that is seeing prices of commodities going up and then we have to import those higher costs, so imported inflation. And then you've got the supply chain issues as well. So the global transportation bottlenecks are also creeping in to fuel these pressures. So that's the mix of good and bad news. If you look at core inflation, it's up 1.6% from 1.5% in October. And this seems to indicate that the underlying trend in consumer prices is continuing to creep up. And if you look at what the MES and the MTI is saying, they are saying amid construction delays, accommodation inflation should remain firm and continue to support overall inflation in 2022. And if you look at what analysts are saying, uh, they are saying that we could be in for higher inflation that will be temporary. So according to UOB, headline and core inflation will have both averaged 1.4% over the past 10 years. And if you look at some of the factors, electricity and gas costs were Mm. some of the main ones. If you've been reading headlines in the past few months, you have noticed um, that has been an impact on both uh, retail customers like us and businesses. So that's something that's um, being absorbed uh, by them to some extent. You have also service inflation where workers are also um, something that has been harder to come by with the labour crunch and the tighter restrictions. Mm -hmm. And home rents have also been rising with um, that leading to accommodation inflation of 2.7% versus October's renewal of 2.5%. So that has been something uh, we've had to weather in the past few months, but UOB believes sometime next year it could uh, taper off 
So something to watch out for in 2022. Yeah, that's interesting. A bit of a relief. So I guess a short battle before a little bit of, um, you know, ease and uh, relief in the markets. Um, can I ask you, Ryan, you do, I know you talk to a lot of analysts uh, on the show, uh, on the station rather. What are some of the forecast digits, uh, some of the analysts that you've been speaking to give? Okay, so if you look at some of the forecasts coming through, uh, we are looking at around uh, 0.92 for 2021 as a whole. And if you look at what's happening next year, we are expecting core inflation to come in between 1% and 2%. So the big question is, is that going to be enough for the MAS to tighten policy further to kind of buffer the Singapore dollar against other central bank actions where we've seen how the FOMC and, mother, and other central banks in the West have been talking about normalizing their rates further. So that will be something to watch more closely as we get the uh, following month's numbers. Yeah, that's a, that's one to look out for for certain whether, uh, you know, whose numbers wins the game. Um, staying in Singapore, um, there's a bit of a flurry of activity in the S-Street market and it's not all rosy necessarily. Let's start with Fraser's property. Uh, that uh, REIT says its joint venture for a potential investment in a land has fallen through. Last month, the company said its wholly owned unit had entered a framework agreement with an unnamed JV partner to participate in a potential investment in land. First of all, what is this deal specifically and why has this fallen through? Yeah, so this is uh, something they found um, recently on the SGX and it is uh, a bit of a JV investment that is not going through after all. So the backdrop is um, they didn't name JV partner, but it would have involved its unit, Suzhou Singh Hejiang Management Consul- Consultancy, uh, which would have provided about $337 million for the investment. And that would also acquire an indirect interest of up to 40% in the joint venture and extend an interest-bearing bridging loan of some 1 billion yuan for a term of up to April 1st, 2022. So that is all not happening. Uh, we don't have any details on why it's fallen through, but it does say that the unit will receive a full refund and repayment under the earlier framework um, agreement and loan agreement. So uh, that will be something to watch out for in terms of any uh, potential investor reactions to the news. Yes, and if that story develops and we find out why that deal has fallen through, you'll be the first to know here on Money FM 89.3. Our second S-Street making the headlines is Maple Tree Industrial Trust. Uh, it announced in a filing to SGX that it has agreed to sell an industrial building at 19 Changi South Street 1 to Escro- Esco Micro at a proposed price of $13 million in cash. The property is held by Maple Tree Singapore Industrial Trust, a wholly owned subsidiary of M. IT. Give us the details of this deal, Ryan. Yeah, it looks like a premium has been paid 4.8% over the purchase price. Mm. So this was acquired back in 2010 as part of MIT's initial public offering portfolio uh, for $12.4 million. So this is um, something they will now use the net proceeds from the divestment and that will be deployed to fund committed investments and working capital requirements and also to reduce existing debt. So that's uh, the fund's proceeds uh, usage. And if you look at further statements, uh, it's a bit telling. They are saying that they've assessed that it will be difficult to secure a 
suitable mix of anchor tenants in the near term after the building has been left vacant since September 2021 following the lease expirations of its anchor tenants. So it does kind of give a bit of a hint why they may have divested away this building. Mm, not not very long ago, September 2021, uh, MIT's share price currently uh, trading up at 0.38% at $2.66 Singapore cents. Uh, let's take a look now at CICT, Capital and Integrated Commercial Trust to you and me, and it has gone shopping again. It has entered into an agreement to acquire a 50% interest in an integrated development in Sydney, Australia for $422 million Australian dollars. This move comes shortly after CICT acquired two office buildings for 330 million Australian dollars earlier this month as it looks to make further inroads into Australia. And Australia, interestingly, is also its second overseas developed market after Germany. What can you tell us about this deal? What's the big deal with Australia and all that? Mm. So post-acquisition, the three assets will account for about 5% of CICT's pro pharma portfolio property value. So it is stepping up as a game down under. And some 91% of the enlarged portfolio by property value will be based in Singapore, while properties in Frankfurt and Sydney make up the rest. So it does show mm. uh, it's been trying to go overseas um, in a bigger fashion. And to give you a bit more detail on that property, it's named 101 Miller Street and Greenwood Plaza. It's an integrated development with a premium grade office tower and retail space in North C- Sydney's CBD. So that is something uh, they believe will help it to build up its presence in Sydney and become a new engine of growth in a developed market with strong fundamentals. Yeah, lots of lots of business uh, to be had in Sydney. Uh, Capital Land's share price currently at one dollar and ninety eight Singapore one dollar and ninety eight cents. I beg your pardon. It's uh, trading flat at the moment. Uh, and uh, speaking of share prices, let's take a look at the STI. We are now twenty three minutes into the local trading hour. What can you tell us? It's happening in the STI. Yeah, we are coming off a three-day winning streak. So let's take a look at the opening numbers. You've got it higher by 0.3% at 3,104. So it could be four days straight if it stays this way. Uh, also worth noting, it's going to be half-day trading. So something to look out for. Um, and we have, looking at the STI, more green than red right now. Only four counters are down. Uh, that includes Maple Tree Logistics Trust, Dairy Farm, which was yesterday's top gainer, Jardine Sucker and Carriage, and Jardine Matheson Holdings. Uh, just marginal losses for now. At the top of the table, you've got Gunting Singapore up 1.3%. And this is uh, worth noting because it was also one of the top gainers after bouncing back from the um, drop or sell-off following the um, tighter restrictions around VTLs and travel. And also up include the likes of Maple Tree Commercial Trust up 1%, Singtel, Astinger Engineering as well. Um, so some names are doing well. Mostly, if you look at the banks, also marginal gains. So that's the picture we have for the SCI. Thank you very much, Ryan Huang, for that lovely Christmas roundup. And Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas, family. Andrea. Thank you. Coming right up, a conversation that Michelle Martin had with the next generation owner of the company that runs one of Singapore's most beloved brands, Auntie Anne's. Remember that first outlet in Parkway Parade? Find out more from that conversation coming to you in the 10 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Before acting on the information on Money FM. 
Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.